Welcome. You're listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Hello and welcome to this series of readings from Discover Magazine, a presentation of Airs LA. Today's article is from the Vital Signs feature of the September-October issue of the magazine by Dr. Douglas G. Adler. Please note, this article is written in the first person. A burning question. Chest pain, nausea, and vomiting brought this grad student to the emergency room. Her evasive answers made it clear that this was no routine stomach problem. Allison came to the emergency department late one morning complaining of intractable chest pain, nausea, and vomiting. A 23-year-old graduate student, Allison was halfway through a PhD program in molecular biology. Initially thinking she was having a heart attack, the ED physician obtained an electrocardiogram and a chest x-ray, both of which came back normal. Blood tests looking for signs of a drug overdose had also come back negative. With cardiac distress ruled out, the next symptoms to address were the nausea and vomiting. Thinking she may be suffering from an ulcer, the ED physician asked me to come down to evaluate the patient. Nausea and vomiting are common complaints, usually related to gastrointestinal infections like food poisoning and rotavirus, among other causes. But as soon as I saw her, I knew that something unusual was going on with Allison. She was clearly in distress and writhing on a stretcher. She looked like she couldn't get comfortable in any position. A quick glance at the monitor next to her bedside showed her heart rate was 120 beats per minute, a sign of an acute medical problem. I introduced myself, and we began to talk. When did this start, I asked. A while ago, she told me, shrugging. What do you think triggered this? I'm not sure, she said with a grimace. I pressed her a bit. Something you ate? Maybe, she said. I noticed that Allison's answers were both vague and unhelpful. And when we were talking, she did not make eye contact with me and looked at the floor. In the silent minutes that followed, she sat up a bit and spat a mouthful of saliva into a paper cup, which I had not previously noticed by her bedside. Getting a bad feeling, I also noticed for the first time that the front of her gown was damp with drool. Lowering my voice to a whisper, I leaned in a bit closer and asked, Allison, did you drink something that's not meant to be swallowed? Something from under the sink or the bathroom, perhaps? Her eyes widened. Allison nodded slowly. Nodding back at her, I could suddenly feel my own pulse start to rise. I made an educated guess. Was it drain cleaner? Allison started to cry and looking at her hands whispered, yes, between sobs. Now we had our answer. Allison was suffering from a caustic ingestion. Ingestion of caustic substances, most commonly cleaning products, pesticides, and other chemicals, happens more often than you might think. In children, the ingestion of these agents is usually accidental. But in adults, especially young adults, these events are almost always intentional. Sometimes when people get extremely bad news or are very upset emotionally, 
they will attempt to commit suicide in an impulsive manner. In that situation, they might reach for the first toxic thing they can find and drink it. Usually, substances like household cleaners or other chemicals. Almost all commercial drain cleaners contain the same ingredient, sodium hydroxide, or lye. Sodium hydroxide is a potent alkali agent, the chemical opposite of an acid. Sodium hydroxide and other related alkali agents can literally dissolve living tissue and produce intense chemical burns. Interestingly, people tend to swallow alkali agents more commonly simply because they can, as in, they can literally get them down their throats. In general, basic chemicals are easier to ingest than acids, as acids are more caustic on contact and cause people to spit them out before they can be swallowed. Drooling is common after caustic ingestions. In Allison's case, her spitting into a cup is what ultimately tipped me off. Through tears, Allison told me that she had awakened this morning to a text message from her boyfriend telling her that he had found someone else and that their relationship was over. She was under the impression that they were soon to be engaged and was completely blindsided. Alone in her apartment, after an hour of intense crying, Allison found herself on the kitchen floor, rummaging through the bottles under the sink. After deciding she wanted to die, she took five large swallows from an old container of liquid drain cleaner. Within minutes, Allison felt extremely ill and started to have terrible chest pain as her esophagus began to burn. Soon after, she was gagging and heaving uncontrollably. Suddenly terrified, she quickly walked the few blocks to the ED of our hospital. Once she arrived, despite her distress, she was incredibly embarrassed by what she had done and feigned ignorance of the cause of her troubles. A little while later, I performed an upper endoscopy on Allison and found evidence of severe chemical burns throughout her esophagus, with similar, although less intense, findings in her stomach. Luckily, her esophagus had not been perforated and her vocal cords were uninjured. Sometimes patients with caustic ingestion burn their vocal cords and airway and require mechanical ventilation due to damage to their lungs. Unfortunately, there is no antidote for patients following a caustic ingestion. While it seems intuitive that perhaps swallowing acid after an alkali ingestion could neutralize the offending agent, such is not the case, nor is the opposite true following an ingestion of an acid. Either way, ingesting an agent of the opposite pH would only cause more discomfort and tissue injury. Anti-inflammatory agents such as steroids have been tried in the past by physicians with patients in similar circumstances, but did not conclusively benefit the patients. Other treatments used in some types of poisoning like ingesting activated charcoal, don't usually help much either. Allison was admitted to the intensive care unit for close observation after being evaluated. She was hydrated vigorously with intravenous fluids and not allowed to eat or drink. The benefit of antibiotics to reduce the risk of infection and acid-blocking agents such as omeprazole in caustic ingestion cases is unclear. But Given the severity of the injury, 
Allison was treated with both. Over the next two weeks, and on several subsequent endoscopic exams I performed, the linings of her esophagus and stomach slowly began to heal. Once these organs were on the road to recovery, Allison was transferred to an inpatient psychiatric hospital. Following a lie ingestion, patients are at risk for several long-term troubles. The most common problem is the formation of narrow areas in the esophagus that make it hard to swallow. These narrow areas, known as strictures, can arise as part of the natural healing process and are composed of dense scar tissue that can be very difficult to treat. Some patients develop such severe strictures that they lose their ability to swallow and need to receive nourishment through feeding tubes or, in rare cases, have their entire esophagus removed. Patients who ingest lye are also at increased risk of developing esophageal cancer during their lifetime. A few weeks later, I saw Allison for a follow-up. She was out of the hospital and doing well, both from a swallowing point of view and emotionally. Fortunately, she did not appear to have developed any strictures and was making progress in therapy working with a counselor. A single decision on a bad day could have ended her life, but at least now she was headed in the right direction. Douglas G. Adler is a gastroenterologist and director of the Center for Advanced Therapeutic Endoscopy in Denver. The cases described in Vital Signs are real, but names and certain details have been changed. That's it for today. My name is Brian Lemon. Thank you for listening, and stay curious. Stay curious.